0: If there really is a Jimmy's Bait shack in Mobile, we don't need any compensation for this free advertising that we're giving you. You're welcome. And he um, he once yelled at Charles Barkley when he saw him on the street. He once yelled, War Eagle, Mr. Barkley, and Charles Barkley told him to go away. He's not a quarterback whisperer, that's for sure. That man drives a Seabrain convertible as long as sure as the day is long. Okay. Because those Oakley glasses don't fit in none other vehicle than that.
1: Top ramen is a fine meal. Okay? People will pay you money to put plasma out of your body into a bag somewhere. Okay? Welcome to Talking Dogs. I'm Clint
0: and I'm Daniel, and we're two guys who love UGA sports. One of us is from the South and one of us is from the West Coast. One of us is a lifelong Georgia fan. One is a more recent
1: convert but we both share a borderline obsessive, often ridiculous desire to see UGA succeed
0: just like you do. This podcast is a place to talk about the dogs the way you would at a tailgate, in your backyard, or over a drink with your friends. Are we insiders? Nah. Do we have lofty recruiting connections? Nope. We are just two guys who love talking about the dogs. So let's talk. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Talking Dogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I'm Clint. One away from 50, Clint. We're getting close. Episode 49. Uh, It's good to be back. We are here. Uh, It's a new week for uh, us, for you. It's a new week to talk about all things related to Georgia sports. Uh, The basketball team was in action over the weekend, if you could call it that, uh, on the plains at Auburn. Uh, and there is plenty of football news for us to cover as well. So, we got a few things we're going to jump into on this podcast. Clint, how are you feeling in this the d- safely into the doldrums? We're settling into football off season. Yeah, it's how's that treating you?
1: It's gross. It's not treating me well at all, Daniel. I uh, I hate this. This is doldrums is a very kind term to put on this. Uh, it's just the black pit of despair, and I. I hate
0: it. Really is it really is fairly gross. The NFL playoffs are are hardly a consolation. No, let's let's not.
1: Yeah. I mean, all of those, all of us out there who are rooting for dogs in the NFL, that's fun watching Todd Gurley, oh, uh, Sony Michelle, uh, Patriots. That's you're cool welcome.
0: Though. By the way, you're welcome. Uh, it's how bad how bad is Sony Michelle going to be as a pro? Remember all those New England medias just they just knew it they had him pegged from the beginning how bad is this guy
1: such an overreach he, just, he needed to be second third round
0: not fifth not. round i heard fifth round oh fifth round gosh. talent oh wait a second remember, oh, wait. remember remember when he when he fumbled in like the first game oh, yeah. of the season and the yeah. beat writer came out and said that he suffered from fumble problems in there, during his career at georgia he did I don't know if you know that. Bros- Broski watched the Rose Bowl, and that was it. That was the only game he watched in uh-huh. the four years that Sony was toting the rock. But, uh-huh. but, yeah, he did fumble once in that game, and he rushed for 100 yards in the first half of his first ever playoff game. So, yeah. that's mm. all right. Mm. Okay.
1: Gosh, I, I enjoyed watching that one cut uh, and up from Sony. It was it was reminiscent. It got all the feels back again. So,
0: mm. uh, Didn't well. it, though? It Didn't did. Didn't it, though? Uh, all right, we're going to talk about coordinators. We're going to talk about position coaches. We are going to talk about juniors and seniors who are either coming back to school or not coming back to school. Yeah, we have. A, we're going to talk about a basketball game, a, the biggest home game of the year so far, coming yeah. up on on Tuesday night against Kentucky in the Steg. Uh, we're going to talk about all these things, Clint. Where should we start? Uh, Daniel, I want to
1: submit to you We haven't done this in a while We need to start with the stupidest thing I read on the internet this week Daniel That's what I like to hear Oh yeah, we're going to go there And uh, we're going to go with my boy uh, Which by the way, if you know anybody that writes for Saturday Down South This This is a perpetual soapbox for you this is perpe- I. I don't understand. I'm not living in the South. I don't know who's writing down in the South. I don't know who Neil Blackman is. But what the portal is to transfer rumors, so the Saturday Down South is for horrible reporting and writing. That's that's what these people are about. Um, right for Neil. Just neil neil right blackmail. i'm taking it at him i i just want to know this these narratives we write are, are you are you trying is this like the national Enquirer of college football writing is that what this is daniel you have to tell it's me fine. i don't have context for saturday on south i still just don't understand to, it
0: just trying to sell tickets okay we're just trying to just get clicks <laughs> we're trying to get okay. some clicks we're well, trying to get some some reads well, um, what's old Neil writing about these days? Cle- let me just tell you, I'm going to tell you, I,
1: tell you the, the, the heading, the title of this article, which by the way, uh, is very long, and then I'm going to read some excerpts from it, but here's the title. It says, Surging Florida, Reeling Georgia, Enter okay. 2000, 2019, Heading in, <laughs> wait for it, Opposite Directions. How quickly... Can Gators Completely Erase the Gap, is the title of this article,
0: Daniel. Oh, my. Yeah. He... The, the word reeling... Reeling. Was used. Yeah. Surging Florida, reeling Georgia. Uh-huh. Headed in completely opposite directions. Correct. Yep. So... Uh- Start there. Let that wash over you
1: for a moment uh, and then go take four baths in in chlorine to wash off the toxicity of that. Let's start there. Uh, Here is his reasoning for it. It was the clobbering, as he quotes, Florida took to Jim Harbaugh in Michigan in the Chick-fil-A Bowl, vanquishing all manner of the 2010s demons in the process. So one game against jim harbaugh and michigan by the way real quick is jim harbaugh good in big games daniel
0: i don't know his record probably speaks for itself i don't have that right off hand what is his record somebody it, call urban meyer and ask has urban meyer before he retired <laughs> taken jim harbaugh six straight games daniel just taking him out to the woodshed and just and just absolutely violated him correct
1: Correct. CPS was involved in these cases, which, by the way, we said Urban, so that's no surprise to
0: us. No, they're on. They're on standby. Yeah, they're on speed <laughs> dial with him. Uh, but all
1: manner of of demons are vanquished by that one win against Michigan, who got shellacked by oh. Ohio State and aforementioned uh, Urban Meyer. But it wasn't just that. It was get this. Do you know who he is most excited for on the Florida Gators? Who he thinks is now an elite. Player. Please
0: say it's Felipe Frank.
1: <laughs> oh, so you've read this. Oh, so you've oh, no. you read this. I have
0: not. I have not. But <laughs> oh. thank you, Neil, for, for just finishing the job. You know what I'm saying? A lot of reporters would go halfway. But no. what I respect about Neil is that when he's gonna write something idiotic, he's gonna go ahead and dive right into nah, it. Now he you know he what started off at eleven, Daniel. He's not
1: he's not messing around. Okay. <laughs> Um, Felipe Franks Felipe Franks is an incredible quarterback citing his statistics for let's see where did he go up uh, oh the final by the way how many how many quarters is a good I, I don't know a good uh, metric in which you can gain is 14 quarters good enough to call somebody elite Daniel
0: that's three and a half games Clint
1: you did your math that's correct three and a half one,
0: games that's one quarter of the season correct yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. So there's just that. And by the way, uh, in two of those games, they played Florida State and Michigan. Uh, those two teams any good last year or were just a mirage?
0: I don't understand. Here's what you got to be aware of. Just, just a general pointer for life, dog fans. Okay. Yeah. When someone cites you a random number, yeah, the immediate question you should ask is, Felipe Franks has been has been great statistically in his last fourteen quarters. I wonder what happened in that fifteenth quarter. Huh? <laughs> you know well, why did you I choose fourteen? Why didn't you I go fifteen wonder, or sixteen? Why didn't you go to four full games? Why? I wonder what happened in the first half four games ago. I haven't. I'm not going back to look at it, but I'm just gonna no. guess no. that Felipe shot the bed. If I'm gonna, if I'm just gonna. Uh, that's fantastic. Isn't that fantastic? Let me, let me, (laughs) let me say this. Yeah. Just in terms of how much we're reeling and how much Florida is surging. Even if that, even if that were true, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that it is because obviously it is not, but even if that narrative were true, listen, my cousin's bait shop startup company, Mm. Okay. If they were to go start trading stocks Mm -hmm. right now, Mm -hmm. and they were to tick up a few points in their first month or so, sure. and in the same period of time, let's say Apple Computers stock price went down a few points. This is a dead-on analogy. I love this. Keep going. One of those two companies you could say was surging. You could. Doubled its value, maybe, you would say. Maybe. Uh, Jimmy's Bait Shack uh, down in Mobile. Uh, sh- shout out to Jimmy. If there really is a Jimmy's Bait Shack in Mobile, we don't need any compensation for this free advertising that we're giving you. We got we're you,
1: warm. bro. You are. We got you.
0: Jimmy's Bait Shack down in Mobile doubled its value. Uh, Apple Computers uh, reeling. Huh? Reeling. Reeling. Uh, what what's the more valuable stock in this analogy? Does that is that a true indicator of value? Uh, I don't. It's not,
1: Daniel. There's there's no. no indication of value. You can make stats believe whatever you want. Oh, by the way, because you got us on it, that was a dead on analogy. But because you asked, I really quickly went back. Uh, this is Felipe Franks. If we didn't go, if we if we went the half game, but if you went the full game, Felipe Franks, uh, his last four games. South Carolina, Florida State, and Michigan that we already described, but right there, November 17th, is Idaho. Daniel? Okay. So we have Idaho in it, and the South Carolina game, which Florida barely won, had to have 14 points in the fourth quarter to win, and Felipe Franks was 15 of 21 for 161 yards and one touchdown. Is 161 yards a lot of yards? Well, I don't know, because Jake Bentley, who is not good in any metric, was eighteen of twenty-eight for two thirty-nine and two tuds. So, but how is in his last fourteen quarters? Oh yeah, fourteen quarters. Uh, and then yes, to go on to say fourteen, 14 quarters, y'all. Not not the even sixteen. Um, he goes on to rave about Dan Mullen, and then. Then he gets on to Georgia. Uh, not only did we lose in heartbreaking fashion, we lost in a massive amount of production. Uh, Justin Fields is gone. Uh, junior playmakers, uh, and then uh, our the quarterback whisperer, Jim Cheney, quarterback <laughs> whisperer. <laughs> By the way, that's what he says. I'm sorry. Okay. okay. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, and then he says, "Okay, but it's a it's a heady challenge to replace your leading rusher, best two receivers, and top playmaker in same offense without staff turnover, let alone a new offensive coordinator." Is what Daniel? I'm reading to you the quote.
0: I told I'm you, sorry. It,
1: it was the stupidest thing I read all month. You, you want me you want me to repeat that to you. So you, here, let's go. But it's a challenge to replace your leading rusher.
0: False. Maybe statistically by yards, maybe by one or two yards, but not even remotely close by talent. Daniel, am I an Elijah Holyfield fan? Yeah, big time.
1: Do you think I would ever choose between Swift and Elijah which one I want on this team currently? Do you think I'd ever choose Elijah between those two? Not one time in 100. Not Never. one time.
0: Uh, the best two receivers. False. False? False. Did J.J. Did JJ Holloman go somewhere? Did no, I he's still here. Did I don't know about. Oh, is he in the no. portal somewhere? No, he's still here. Okay, so we have one of our two best receivers from last year.
1: Okay. Cool. Good. Fantastic. Uh and top playmaker. Now, I don't know who he's referring to on this, by the way. Is it Jake Fromm? I I have no idea how he says top playmaker. Did did he mean I I
0: I, I have DeAndre no idea. Swift? Jake uh, From
1: because we still have them.
0: We they're still there.
1: But do do you mean do you mean the guys that we didn't play this year? Are, are you trying to say Justin Fields is that top playmaker that we lost? Is that Nicole or Riley? I have no idea what this guy's talking yeah. about.
0: Is that a is that a some sort of weird McCole Hardman reference? Because I don't not, not in the last fourteen quarters, I'll tell you that he's not a top yeah. playmaker.
1: Yeah. Uh, now he doesn't he doesn't go on to say that the best player florida had on their side of the ball on defense has declared for the uh, nfl draft and is gone he, he mentions that very quickly um and he clearly, says clearly
0: clearly not relevant
1: yeah in the past two weeks if the past two weeks are any indication which by the way daniel do you make indications off of two weeks of a football season to make a grand picture decisions
0: let me if you if you base statistics off of fourteen quarters, then absolutely two yeah. weeks is a plenty of time. He says
1: if the two if the past two weeks are any indication, Florida's time is coming.
0: Listen, Florida fans are acting like they won the darn national championship last year because they won mm-hmm. they won a bowl game against Michigan and finished in the top ten of the AP poll. That's it.
1: Cool. Hey, how's, you know what, how's the
0: division? How's the division title treating you? How's that going? How about second place in the division? How was that? Oh. Did you? Did you? Oh no, oh, you didn't have oh, that wait. either. Mm-mm. No, you finished third in your division. Mm-hmm. You watched Georgia play for another shot at an SEC championship. You watched Georgia Correct. go to Atlanta again. Correct. You watched Georgia play a better team in a better bowl than you again. Correct. Uh, but kudos to you. Good for you. You win the Mark Richt Participation Trophy for winning a lot of games and finishing with a high ranking. Never at any point did you sniff a championship. Correct. But sure. But sure good for you. That's uh, good. Last last one I'm going to do
1: on this. Uh, Felipe Franks uh, in the game against Michigan was 13 of 23 for 173.
0: Elite. That's elite, Clint. That's just absolutely... Yep. Listen. Good on you, Neil. Keep writing. Keep, keep doing everything. Keep, keep giving keep me getting, stuff to talk about. Keep getting those checks, Neil. We're here for it. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Well, we covered a lot of what we had to talk about on the We actually did. Just in that Neil article. It's a very good setup for our entire conversation. Let's start with offensive coordinator. Okay. Right? We obviously know... That Jim Cheney is out. We also know that Jeff Coley, is that his name? Jeff? Is that his first name? didn't sound right when it was coming out of my mouth. James, right? Yeah. James Coley. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's where we're going to go. James Coley. That's it. Everyone listening to this podcast is wondering. Yeah, it's it's James. What kind of, I had a friend in college named Jeff Coley. Uh, he, somebody, he went to, Aub- he went to Auburn. Okay. Oh, he, so he went wasn't to Auburn. really a friend. And he um, he once yelled at Charles Barkley when he saw him on the street. He once yelled "War Eagle, Mister Barkley," and Charles Barkley told him to go away. That's <laughs> Jeff Coley's claim to fame. <laughs> So, uh, Jeff
1: Coley, not our offensive coordinator, still not liked by by Mr. Barkley. Uh, But James Coley Uh, is now our new OC. James Coley is
0: now our offensive coordinator. James Coley wears sunglasses from the 1990s. Yeah, he does. Uh, And in addition to the James Coley hire, we have made one additional hire. uh, Todd Hartley, whose name I am sure about, uh, is coming over formally on the aforementioned Mark Rick's Staff at Miami, Um, Georgia kid, uh, Georgia alumni, former Uh Georgia assistant, um, and now Georgia tight end coach. So, love it. Clint, what do we make of the offensive staff turnover? Let's start with the coordinator switch. Okay. What do we gain and what do we lose? What makes you excited and what makes you nervous? About James Coley coming in and Jim Cheney going out. Uh, I'm gonna make a statement, Daniel, and
1: I want you, before I give my reasonings for it, I want you to react to my statement. Okay? Okay. This was the best hire we could have made.
0: Well, I don't know if it is the best hire we could have made because you don't know what hires were possible. Outside sure. of this one. But I will say I feel like this was a very good hire. I, I it wanna... was not the one that I wanted.
1: Oh, okay. Well, then there we go. Then What was the one that you wanted?
0: I wanted to bring Mike Bobo back yeah, from, you did. from Colorado State. Yeah. And I know maybe you have an opinion, Georgia fan out there, about uh, Mike Bobo. But that's probably because you're an idiot. If you don't <laughs> like Mike Bobo <laughs> uh, no look I know the Mike Bobo years were uh, had their ups and downs and let's full disclosure I was you and I were were at times at least and I would say overall I was a fan of Jim Cheney and I'm not the guy Abs- absolutely I don't want, ever want to be the guy that goes sour grapes on somebody just because he got hired. That's you know, you know who that is? That's a Tennessee fan. Okay. Uh-huh. That's a Florida fan, that's, right? We're we're that's not what there, a guys. Tennessee don't fan does. I Jim Tennessee got a good one, I think, in Jim Chaney. Okay? They did. Uh I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's elite and great. He's not a quarterback th- whisperer, that's for sure. That that he ain't. But I don't think he's bad. Um Coley, I think is just a bit unknown. As a play caller, right? You know what I'm saying, right? And so that's why it it makes me nervous. Okay, uh, James I, Coley I is that. as good of a recruiter as we could have hired. Correct. Uh, and he's been up there sitting next to Cheney, mm-hmm. and so hopefully he's learned some things. Uh, and look, he's got an off season to figure it out. You know, call in place, but absolutely. That's the part that makes me a little bit that makes me a little bit nervous, but yeah, I'm happy with the hire.
1: I am. I'm not only happy. I'm thrilled <laughs> with this hire, Daniel. Here's why, in short order: one, he's gonna coach quarterbacks, mm-hmm. not tight ends.
0: Okay, he's mm-hmm. gonna be working Which is, with. P.S. Neil, since you're listening, that's what James Coley did last year. Correct. Okay. The, the, so, the, the true
1: QB whisperer? The quarterback
0: took, whisperer right. that you were yep. referring to yep. was coaching Isaac Nada. Right. Okay. Who our program is now in shambles because he's going to the NFL. We're yep. losing everything. Uh, so one, he
1: coaches quarterbacks. He's going to be with those guys, making the play calls, knowing them inside and out. Uh, I love that. Two, he is desired by other programs and could have been hired by as an OC years ago. Chose Georgia. True. I love that aspect. Give me a little bit, not not like complete unfettered loyalty, but I like the aspect of saying, no, I'm going to stick with a program I believe in rather than take an opportunity. That's huge. Uh, and then lastly, I think this is just the way coordinator hires are going to have to go. You're going to have to reach on a guy that doesn't have the experience uh, and the track record as a play caller in the SEC, but might pop as a really great one. You got to get him before he gets to that point uh before he goes on to become a a, a head coach somewhere so i'm i'm thrilled with this hire
0: if you're the do you want to know why alabama has success year after year recycling offensive coordinators there you go just pumping them out like a freaking dumpster like a trash compactor just put one in and just spit one out put one in spit one out and yet they continue to have success year after year it's be- who Who is it that makes the play caller so good at calling plays, Clint? It's, mm. The, mm. it's these 11 guys. Mm-hmm. What do they do? And where, where are they located usually? Do they have headsets on? They don't have headsets on. They're wearing other things like shoulder pads. Like uniforms. Yeah. Um, it's the players Yep, that make the play callers good at calling plays. Now listen, if this is Baylor or right. Tennessee. Right. Okay. If this is a middling kind of trash program with a bunch of three star and two star talents. You know. Like Vandy or Tennessee. Yeah. Or Memphis. <laughs> any of the three major Tennessee programs.
1: I was just gonna say, Daniel, you just you just ripping your
0: state to shreds right now. I love it. No, I'm just saying just it's you go with what's in your backyard. Okay. Yeah. This is Georgia Tech. Uh then offensive coordinators are big time higher. It really Huge. matters because you got to call plays to compensate for what you're play. You got to the play call is going to either win you or lose you the game. You got to out scheme the other. Is team. it hard
1: to is it hard to call off tackle right and watch DeAndre Swift put two legs in the ground and get up field for twenty five yards?
0: Sometimes it is. Well, apparently, <laughs> apparent, apparently, sometimes <laughs> we've all it is. lived through that. Sometimes it is hard, apparently, to call that play. <laughs> <sighs> um. No, no, Clint. That's the thing. Is I, I have full confidence in in James Coley, uh, to because he's going to be developed by Jake Front. You know what I'm saying? Like we got we got an we NFL got quarterback uh-huh. at the helm. Uh huh. Okay. So there's some leeway there while James Coley's learning how to call plays. Absolutely. And by the time Dewan Mathis is up there taking play calls from James Coley, he's going to have it under his belt. He's going to be ready to roll. Uh. But I agree with you. I wanted Bobo as well, but I'm thrilled with this hire. Uh, and what about
1: Hartley, uh, Daniel? what What is your thoughts on the new tight end coach coming
0: back home? I can't. I love it. I mean, I love it, and I love it for a few reasons. Because I think he checks. I think he checks the most important box for me. Which is. Um, a position coach. Hmm. Has. One job. One. Now I know you're going to say they have more than one job and they play an important role in the game plan and in the practice and in the development of players. But if you're a position coach at Georgia, your job is to go out there and get those players Correct. to come to Georgia. And that is Todd Hartley. Okay. <laughs> now, just pause. Okay. Who are the Who were the three best recruiters on Georgia's coaching staff from top to bottom, either side? I would argue Sam Pittman, Del McGee, and James Coley. Those are the three best recruiters that have been on our staff. Where where are they at, Daniel? It ain't no Jim Chaney, and it ain't no Mel Tucker. It ain't no Dan Lanning. No. It, it. No offense to any of those guys. I'm sure they played pivotal roles in several players coming to Georgia. Okay, but they didn't go out and Zamir White and uh, Jeremy Sawyer and like they didn't just go out and just rake talent. Okay. No. You look at the Florida talent on this roster right now. Mm-hmm. That's James Coley. Got, that's got James Coley's name written all over it. He's been in that Sebring Convertible, which I assume he drives. Uh, Dead on. You could not have picked a more apt car for that. That man drives a Sebring Convertible as long as sure as the day is long. Okay. Because those
1: Oakley glasses don't fit in none other vehicle than that. He
0: ain't wearing them sunglasses in, in some Chrysler town and country. Uh, okay, I'll tell you that right now. Uh and then the all three of those coaches I just named, Clint, what oh. side of the ball do they coach on?
1: Wait a second, hold on, Let me, let me get this right.
0: Let me get this right. Are, are you saying the new guys we just hired, Daniel? I'm saying the three best recruiters on our on our uh, team, Sam Pittman, Dell McGee, James Coley, what side of the ball those they guys coach on? They
1: they're coaching DB's Nope, Kirby's
0: got that all locked down. They're on, nope. all on offense, Daniel. And now you're adding Todd Hartley. Hello. Look at who's got a reputation, young, energetic, got a reputation as a big-time recruiter. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Got big-time Georgia connections. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What is the offensive recruiting situation at Georgia going Uh, to be? (laughs) We
1: thought thought that it was a joke that we had seven five-star offensive linemen, four five-star running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers. We thought this was a joke. We thought this was just a a, a, a fairy tale, and it's
0: going to get better, you're telling me? I'm just saying, them boys over on the defensive side of the ball, they better get to work because the offensive talent that you are going to see coming into Athens over the next yeah. two to three yeah. years is going to be silly. Because these boys... Cause Those guys stayed. They did. They didn't take the job at Tennessee. They didn't take the job at Texas A&M, like James Coley, to your point, two years ago. Uh, They stayed. They're still here. They did. Uh, And... Offensive
1: coordinators, defensive coordinators—they scheme, they plan. They're kind of mad scientists. You need to have that. Uh, they are strictly type A personalities. Who are driven. Position coaches get guys into the program, and then they they gently and lovingly build them back up after getting ripped to shreds by Kirby and the DC and the OC. That's that's the job of these position coaches. Um, and so to have a guy like Hartley over there, who's, who's coaxing guys to get in here and then, and then just to build them up, just be like, you're good. You're okay. It's go off to the side. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He came down on you, but it's okay. We can get better. I'll coach you up. Uh, and we have, that's going to be a
0: beautiful marriage all the way around the, the youth and energy on the staff is just getting, you want to just talk about it just in terms of energy, you, you lose Jim Chaney and the energy level on the staff goes up by 10,000 points. You know what I'm saying? I I do. Just a simple point A to point B. How fast can you get there? That's that's it. But we've now tripled. I our, mean, we our the bus output. can't the
1: bus can't leave yet. Jim is still in his <laughs> office. Hold up. We got got about five ten minutes here.
0: Uh, let's get over to that defensive side of the ball, let's Clint. Do it. You may have noticed Georgia still doesn't have a defensive coordinator. We do not. Uh, of course once we record this podcast the next thing that will happen is Georgia will hire a defensive coordinator so if we just of course listen if if that happens by the time before this podcast gets out we apologize to you <laughs> the listener uh, let me just ask you this we're not going to sp- sit here and speculate on the defensive coordinator again no. well documented how little inside information we have that's not why you're here uh, let me ask you this question which I'm sure Georgia fan is asking his or herself repeatedly Clint Is this a problem that we do not... That right now, it is January the 14th. It is mid-January. G-Day is three months and six days away. We have a date
1: for the spring game. We don't have a... a, We We don't have a coach
0: to coach in it. Correct. So, is that a problem? Because if you recall, in the spring game... This guy that we're going to hire is going to be one of the head coaches of the teams. In the, That's how it's set up. Correct. He's um, not on campus. Is that a he problem? He is currently, currently not
1: getting a paycheck. Um, it's not a problem, Daniel. This is not a problem. Convince me. Okay. One, who's, who's the true DC that is on staff right now? Who's the one that's going to be... The brainchild of all things on the defensive side of the ball, we have him hired right now. His name is Kirby Smart. Okay? True. Okay. So Mel Tucker, great coach. Hope you do well at Colorado. Uh, Kirby has his hand on the defense side. It, Kirby says, "Hey, fine, I'll, I'll go do my ho- head coaching duties, and then in my spare time, uh, I'm not going to read my kids their bedtime stories. I'm going to go coach the defense real quick. <laughs> I got to uh, bring his kids into it like that. Just depressed everybody real it quick." Is- <laughs> It's just for a season. It's for a couple weeks as he gets things figured out. Season uh, like like multiple years. Yeah, yeah, that's a season of life. Um, so uh, I think that that is is big time that we have Kirby on campus. That's going to be point one. Uh, point two. Here's the other reason that it's not that big of a deal. Uh, the talent level is exploding on defense as well. Whoever we hire is going to be the right hire. Uh, Reports are that you know we're not going to make any hire until all interviews are done with. So I'd much rather have the right person instead of just dude out there. So Kirby's in place. He's going to be fine. We're going to get the right dude for the job. It's going to be fantastic. He's going to fit within the scheme. And I I just trust Kirby. He's proven me every single time. He knows how to go get the big fish. And whoever it is, whether it appears big or not, is going to be the right person for the job. So... Uh, I I trust I'm trusting Kirby in all of this.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to have to to be replacing both coordinators in one off season. First time Kirby has replaced any coordinator right uh in a season. And now it's uh not the first coaching hire he's made because the coaching uh availability was expanded they added a spot. So coach, Kirby made right. a hire previous to this uh, but never a coordinator hire never had to replace someone he I mean he hired his coordinators when he first got the job obviously but uh yeah be interesting to see how this timetable shakes out he clearly liked what he had in Coley and so that that was not a very long decision making process it'll be interesting to see how the DC position shakes out but more on that when it happens yes Let's let's shift from the coaches to the players Yep. We had a couple of guys
1: declare for the draft, more than a couple guys, declare for the draft that are going to be uh, somewhat big and somewhat not so big losses. So, Daniel, I want to talk the draft recap with uh, Elijah, Nada, Nicole, Riley, all declaring for the draft. Uh, a couple of guys declaring they're coming back. Uh, Hot Rod says, let me just uh, waste no time. I loved that, by the way. That was mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful how he did that in true hot rod fashion. Uh, yep. That was fantastic. Uh, but Daniel, uh, J.R. Reed as well. J.R. Yeah, J. Reed. He, he coming back. That was, that was good. And then as well as all the seniors who are going, graduating and going off, uh, there is East West Shrine game practices happen now. Hopefully UGA players show out at that uh, practice as well as game, go get paid guys do well. Uh, but Daniel, of all of these draft-eligible players that are moving on, I want to start with... It. Who's our biggest loss, Daniel, of all of this?
0: I think, and I've got two guys I'm debating between, but I think I'm going to go with Isaac Nona. I think he is the biggest loss of all the people that declared for the draft. And here's why, because I re- you really started to feel like with the way he was playing at the end of the year... Mm-hmm with the rapport that he was clearly starting to build with from, you really felt like if he came back, and I had no, I had no thought that he was ever going to come back until no. the very end when I started to get a glimmer of hope that maybe he would come back. You really started to feel like if he came back, he might just dominate his senior year. Yeah, and yeah. he's the only guy of the guys that left that I felt like had a chance to maybe be the mvp of the team next year mm, mm-hmm. if he came back. And so I'm going to say he's the biggest loss. I think also a factor in that is the lack of depth behind him where we're basically now at zero proven depth. Correct. You know, like we correct, you know, we have very 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 little and all of a sudden Fitz FitzPatrick is going to be getting significant snaps oh, all this reps. year. Like, yeah. all the reps this year. So, yeah. that's big. Uh, yep.
1: Um, Daniel, for me, I know we have... Defense side of the ball. We got some guys graduating. We got JR coming back. That's good. I like that. I'm not going to be sad about the defensive guys moving on because I think we have dudes coming up. For me, uh, it's Nicole is the biggest loss in, in my mind. Uh, I love Interesting. Riley. Uh, I love Elijah. Look, I love Elijah. Uh, Mikol, for me, was a wide receiver that was unlike the other ones that we had. And we have a lot of unproven. JJ is going to be fantastic. We have a lot of unprovenness behind there. We didn't get the big fish in recruiting we wanted. Mikol was a settling force for me in that wide receiver core. Uh, and I, I trusted him a lot more. Riley had some, some great experience, but, but I never trusted him to come down with the big ball or come up with a big catch. But when Mecole M- got the ball, man, I, I was ecstatic to see him. And I think he brings a, a different level of playing ability on wide receiver. So for for my money, it's uh, and And it's, again, it's a, a group that we have a lot of talent in but i just thought he played a different level than the other guys that we lost. He he had a very specific role in the offense that i'm going to miss.
0: That's interesting. That's an interesting interesting assessment. I know. Uh Yeah, let's move on with the conversation. Maybe we'll get back to that. We will. I I, let's talk I guarantee the, you we will. Let's talk about the biggest win in in all of this. A lot of yeah. negative news. Georgia is clearly reeling. We're in a Clearly. downward spiral. We are absolutely falling off the cliff and headed for the abyss. The biggest win in all of this for us Georgia fans is what? Gosh.
1: Daniel, uh, the biggest win, I think, is we get to see this the, the cabinet that is stocked We get more PT for the guys that highlighted last year who showed out just a glimmer. Uh, A guy like Cook uh, gets to see the field. Uh, A guy like Zeus is going to come in with a lot more on his shoulders real quick. Uh, I I think the biggest win for us is that we get to see these younger guys that could be here for two more years start showing out. And and the debate over playing time, that's not going to be a debate. Uh, as big as it was this last year, how to feed all these mouths on uh, offense. Uh, and so I think the biggest win for us is that there's a little bit more, although it's unclear where the production's going to come from, I-, I think it's cleared up that we just need guys to play and we're not going to do this song and dance of, of is not going to stay? Does he does he plays junior year then go? How are we going to keep him there? And yada, yada, yada. I think the biggest win is just, we get to see more guys that can
0: just flat out ball Get on the field. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I do think there are a few more specific wins. Uh, I think uh, Blankenship being on the team next year is a win. That's a huge win. Score more points than everyone who declared for the draft combined this year. So, that seems significant, right? Um, I think, I think there are some some wins, but I'm gonna go with a specific example of what you just said in terms of seeing some younger guys get some reps, because I think the biggest win of all this might be the early playing time of one person mm. in particular, and that is Dominic Blaylock. Ooh. I think that could Oof. be the single biggest win. Um you said not 5 minutes ago, uh-huh. That quote, I'm going to see you wriggle your way off this hook, by the way. <laughs> quote, we did not get the big fish in recruiting that we were looking for when it comes to the wide receivers. Um what? What I think I said was I'm, I'm, we didn't get we didn't get what? one of the big fish we wanted is what I said. Go back and listen to the tape. I'm going to go back and listen rewind to the rewind, tape. rewind listeners. Go back and listen to what the man said. That's not what he said. Also, we got everyone we wanted. Okay? The the little soft candy ass kid uh that went to the other school uh we got everybody we wanted. I'm not mad about it, Daniel. Okay. You know,
1: you know Listen, my feelings on the guy. Dominic I'm, I'm Blaylock, happy.
0: Do, the pathway is open for Dominic Blaylock to come in. Is and, Daniel? Is, and he, assert uh, is himself he electric? Right away. Can he? He's, can he fly? Can he? That's a that's a dude right there. Okay, that's a dude right there. Uh, we got JJ. Like you said, holding mm-hmm. down one side of the field. I love there JJ. There are there are options of plenty, but but Dominic Blaylock is the guy coming in. Yeah,
1: 100%. He's going to have every opportunity in the world to succeed and do well. Uh, I can't wait to see him in UGA. He's going to be the type of guy, I think what Cook was this year for us, the uh, electric, gliding, uh, show-me-all sorts of of good burst. Blaylock might be that. And you're right, Daniel. uh, Our biggest get in the wide receiver is him. Other guys that aren't here, so be it. I ain't gonna be mad at him, uh, but you're right. This the talent that we wanted, the guy that we wanted, the type that we wanted uh, is in Blaylock. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna come in day one, and I think have a chance to just glide straight into a seamless transition at UGA.
0: Is that the position that you would say that's the biggest opportunity created by these early by these early declarers for the NFL draft? Oh, or is there yeah. another I, is there another position where you think there's a bigger opportunity created for underclassmen than wide receiver?
1: Well I think I think what you had said last episode, uh the year of the sophomore linebacker is gonna be mm. you know, right for the taking on defensive side of the ball. Uh
0: but on offense uh, off- gosh, especially. what about defensive back though, on defensive side of the ball? I mean, you want to talk about losing an all world player. And now all of a sudden, you don't have a all of the returners. You know, Stokes, he played well at times. He Campbell, he was very highly rated. Uh, Stevenson, is he going to get? It, is he going to get his nose in there? Amir right. speed? Is right. he going to take a step up? Yeah, we all Bre- forgot we had Breaney? speed. Is is Latavius Breeny going to step up? Is Mark Wilson going to develop? Yeah. It, it's, what's going to happen a defensive back i think that's going to be a huge it's a good thing we have a real solid coach coaching our defensive backs on oh wait no we don't currently have a defensive backs coach <laughs> cool okay well but not a problem as i've been told it's not a problem not a pro-
1: it's, it ain't no thing man don't worry about it we're gonna right. be just fine okay
0: uh daniel what's the biggest shrug in all of this the biggest like eh all of these declares Listen, uh, just go get paid, you do your thing, thanks for all your service, okay? But Elijah Holyfield, just, I don't, I could not care less about a person leaving the program. I just, and that's just the way, the nature of college football. Uh, Elijah Holyfield was great, and he bided his time, and then he had a great season, and now he's going to go and get drafted in the NFL, and he's going to hopefully work real hard and, and do well. For himself, and that's fantastic. Georgia gave him that opportunity. Um, But, like you said earlier, Zamir White is the future of this program. And if you're going to give me DeAndre Swift with Zamir White, Mm. come on now, come on now. I already forgot what Elijah Holyfield looked like. I think he had big arms. Did he have big arms? (laughs) He he did that, Daniel. He did not miss arm day, but, nope. um, yeah, it's, 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 um, he was the one all along that I said, you know what, let him yeah. go and, and yeah. it'll be all right. I think it was a mistake on his behalf. Cause I don't think he's going to
1: develop quite like he wanted to. I think he needed another year. He needed UGA more than UGA
0: needed him. Uh, and so you're right. It's a biggest shrug. It's like, yeah, okay. You might be right about that. I think it, it's, it's, uh, you know, he's just a, and Georgia fan, tell me I'm wrong about this, but he's just sort of like a, gosh, this is hard, like, this sounds like a real slight to the, to the young man, but if you think about who I'm comparing him to, it's just not that big of a, of a slight, but he's sort of like Nick Chubb light, isn't he, like, its not isn't that who he is? I was thinking in my mind the whole time that
1: Nick Chubb was such a difference maker that if Elijah wanted to somewhere in the league say, "Hey, here, he's not a Sony. That's for absolute sure. That's he's not Todd Gurley. There are no Todd, Todd Gurleys. No, there are that's no one Todd Gurleys. He wasn't grown on a tree. Todd Gurley is the tree. is the tree. That's um, right. Uh, but he is. He's sort of like Nick Chubb, but he didn't have the elus- He doesn't have the elusiveness that Nick Chubb has. Uh, and so you're you right it's a light like version of it
0: if you stand Nick Chubb next to Elijah Holyfield and said who's the better athlete to a thousand people that hadn't seen either of them play football one thousand of those people would point to Elijah Holyfield and they'd Correct. all be wrong yep every single one of them would be wrong hundred uh, percent that's where yeah I. but hey good on you Elijah go make your money go get paid man that's fine I hope you do well that's uh, fine yep great daniel uh Love that, it. we're not uh, we're not really i would say i would say, i think it's safe to say we're not really nah okay i don't think i don't think that's the word i would use no nope. to but this listen these are the narratives you're gonna have to listen to dog fans this is what it's like to be on top okay this is, is this? what how many articles get written every year about how lsu is closing the gap on alabama and how this will be the year that Auburn mm-hmm. steps up mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and listen, one time out of ten, they do it. Yep. But then nine times out of ten, they don't. They yeah. just don't they don't do it. Georgia's not gonna win the East every year for the foreseeable future. But we are gonna win it most of them. Correct. And the the gap is the gap might be closing. But that doesn't mean there's there's not still a big gap. Reeling. We are reeling. Oof. Neil. Come on, Neil. What's up, Neil? Um, all right. Uh, all right. Let's call it right there. We should. cut it. Let's cut it right there. Uh, Georgia basketball in action on Tuesday night. If you're anywhere near oh, Athens, get into that building. Do not sell your tickets to a Kentucky fan. Don't you if dare. You, get if you do, never listen to this podcast again. I know you we need money, you. but you don't need money that bad. You do you not don't. need money that Top bad. ramen is a fine meal. Okay, hey, listen, people this... will
1: pay you money to put plasma out of your body
0: into a bag <laughs> somewhere. Okay, <laughs> donate plasma. Do not sell your ticket to a Kentucky fan. Um, no. This is a big opportunity for Georgia to get a home home win against a top fifteen team. Kentucky number twelve in the most recent AP poll. Yeah. Um I this a uh, this is a winnable game. It is. It's a winnable game. A lot of things have to go right, but it's a winnable game. So we'll check back in with you later in the week. We'll be back to talk about the Kentucky game, to talk about more. Uh, We're going to have another
1: uh, another guest appearance next yeah. episode, Daniel. Ho-
0: hoping to have another guest on the show. Um, so tune in. It might be you. Who knows? If you Who listen knows? to this, it might be you. Let's we'll just... We should we should start doing that. Should start random direct messaging Twitter followers like fifteen minutes before we record. Just be like, hey, you want to be on the show right now? You know, Daniel, some wild things could happen from that. That's it not could an be insane idea. That's it's that's, not the worst idea you've come not up. Not the with. worst idea I've ever had. So no, we might do it. We might do it. Uh, all right, we'll be back later. Until then, we'll talk to you later. See ya.